And now it's time for the Scrub Brothers Show. We're putting the body back together. Listen in and learn how amazing the human body is. Learn in a way that's a bit irreverent and thought-provoking. And now it's time to check in for your appointment with the Scrub Brothers. Hey there, thank you for listening to the Scrub Brothers Podcast. It's John Schuvald and my brother-in-law, Mike Beckham. Mike, how you doing? Juan, I'm doing really good this morning. How are you, partner? This show is what, like 30 years in the making? Just about 30 years in the making, yeah. We've got, uh, we talked about this and you brought it up a long time ago. And we thought we had so much wonderful information to impart upon this wonderful public that we would share it with the world. And uh, here we are today. And then 30 years later. So, Mike, how long have you been practicing dentistry for? Oh, this is going on 30... Seven years. Wow, you don't look a day over like what, 60, 65? I, I, I feel like 137. But yeah, no, when I started, when I got out of dental school, it was funny because I thought, my gosh, could anybody ever do this job for 20 years? I mean, that's a long time. And I'm in year number 37 right now and it not slowing up and gotten some new things going on and uh, going to enjoy doing the show with you. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, I've been in emergency medicine for 30 years, and uh, I think I've seen it all. And then the next day you walk in and go, wow, well, you know, I've never seen that one before. <laughs> yeah. Classic. So what are we talking about today? Head injuries. Head okay. injuries. Now, you grew up playing football, right? You bet. Absolutely. Now, this was in the days when we were people wearing helmets, though. So we're, we're good there. Yeah, we're good there. Yep. And we actually did have face masks and all those kind of good things as well and, and mouth guards and all that kind of good stuff. Okay. So I played, I don't know, gosh, probably eight years of uh, pre-high school football and probably got my bell rung a few times. But you talked about getting your bell rung where you would walk off the field confused. Oh, this one time, in fact, I had a girlfriend at the time that wasn't real happy about the result of this, but I got dang good on the field. Came off, they kind of told me which way to go. I came off and I sat down on the bench. I was going to go back in. My coach said, hey, Mike, take a seat at the end of the bench. You're done. So I sat down there. So this other gal kind of had a crush on, came down and spent the rest of the game with me at the end of the bench, probably the best concussion I ever had. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a surrealistic out-of-body out of experience. You really feel like you're in a different dimension, kind of a foggy kind of thing, and you can't really connect with anything that's real. Now, it's funny. I was... Uh God, a few years ago, I was, uh, there was a woman delivering a baby in an ambulance, and they just backed right into the ambulance bay, and we didn't even have time to get her out of the ambulance. And I, they opened the door, and I ran into the ambulance, and as I ran in, I banged my head <laughs> on the top of the ambulance, you know, the, the, where the doors meet. And I literally could barely, like, focus on what I was doing. And when we cut the umbilical cord, or when I cut the umbilical cord as a little boy, I, I remember saying, Cut the cord, not the penis. Cut the cord, <laughs> not the penis. <laughs> but I literally had to focus on it. But, you know, today, so I'm, I'm, I'm one of the sideline docs for the, uh, for the Cardinals, and I'm on the opposing team, and I, I don't take that as a slam against my abilities. But, and there's neurologists on the sidelines and neurosurgeons on the sidelines, but one of the things they're so focused on is, is, is head injuries because head injuries today are a huge issue in the NFL. Yeah, so, so I always wonder that. When you sit there and they say that they came off, the field and they're screened and they're okay to go back in. What what kind of protocol are they actually looking at? So there's a bunch of different protocols that folks use, but but they do a basically a kind of a quick neurological assessment. And so it's it's it starts with what's your name, where are you, what's your age, what month is it, what's the date, and then they ask them some simple questions. In the emergency department, we use something called Glasgow Coma Scale, and it's it's well, is it gla- what is it is that the yeah, name of the scale? Yeah, Glasgow Coma. I think Janae and Teasdale are two nurses that invented it. And uh, it's, it's um, eye movement, it's, it's um, motor movement, 
and its ability to follow commands, like you know, raise your arm, squeeze your thing. So, so if you have a concussion, though, do your eyes not track almost like you were if you were drunk, kind of thing? Is it, that what happens? It depends how bad the concussion is. Um, so people come in all the time in the emergency department with these minor head injuries, and you know, back in the day. Uh, so I started, when I was in emergency medicine, right at the start, CT scans were just coming out, and they would take an hour long, and there was probably a ton of radiation. We did them all the time, and I remember this kid came in, and when I was back in Chicago, and it was a, they said, oh, this gang, this gang kid's coming in, and he's shot in the head. And so I remember thinking, oh, gosh, we have to do a, get to do a CAT scan on this kid. This kid came in lying on his side with his head up on his arm, and I said, hey, hey how you doing? Because I expected this kid to be in really bad shape, and he goes... Someone shot me in my head, man. <laughs> Just like that. I'm like, oh, this kid's not too bad. And it turns out the kid had a, you know, did a CAT scan. The kid had literally a bullet lodged in his brain. Oh it was a part of his brain that apparently did not affect his ability to be kind of funny. Oh, my gosh. Holy cow. No, the, uh, yeah, I always wonder that because it, is it pinpoint pupils that they see or what exactly is it that they let those guys get back in the ballgame? It's really, it's more cognitive ability. It's, it's asking them a bunch of screening questions and following some simple commands. And one of the things is tracking is, you know, following following someone's finger with their eyes and making sure they don't have nystagmus, which is that rapid sort of eye movement back and forth. Back and forth. But, you know, symptoms of a head injury, people come in and say, when should I be worried? So, you know, people come in with headache, nausea, vomiting. They feel dizzy. They're confused. Um, they feel tired. They have kind of mood changes and stuff. And when people come in with head injuries, these are all the things that we ask them if they've had, or, or even worse, they can have a, they can have a seizure post-head you know, post injury. Was your head injury the worst, you, worst you've ever had? Oh, well, the, just that one time I got knocked, not goofy that time and one other time. But, uh, you know, my brother at me, he had so many head injuries, it's unbelievable. He's had tests and he's had some morphological changes in his brain. He's sharp as a tack, smartest guy I know, and John probably yeah. agree with that as well. But even something simple, he was driving home. Of course, this is a good idea. You're in Illinois. It's, it's uh, December. You're driving home from school. It's icy, and you're riding your motorcycle with your buddy on the back of it. So he didn't get hit by a car, but he flipped off on his head, and this was the one time it really scared the heck out of me. I walked in. He had no clue who I was, and he didn't know anybody in the family either at the time. And so we thought, oh, this is it. It's the permanent scramble for this guy. But uh, about three days later, he was okay and got out of the hospital. But, uh, and it, was, it wasn't a big hit, but he, he, did lay, he, he did put the motorcycle down. Evidently, he did crack the helmet a little bit, so thank God he was at least doing that. But... Um, yeah, it was a scary thing. It really was. Well, I see a lot of people that even w so. I mean, I mean, you know, my person. I'm, I'm like the guy who would like to ride a motorcycle, and I never. Well, I, I did once, and I it was scared. Another story. Well, not only I had a helmet on. Not only it scares me, but like even with a helmet, if you have a high rate of speed, a helmet doesn't do anything. It scares me to death. Um, it, it may basically prevent you from dying, but you'll still be in a permanent vegetative state. So, you know, with head injuries, the thing that we, that we always look for with CAT scans and MRIs is do you have any bleeding in your head? And you mentioned pupils. So one of the things you look for initially if somebody has a real significant head injury is a blown pupil. One pupil's real big, the other small, and the big pupil doesn't really react to light. And, and, and that's kind of the common thing that everybody knows. And what it is, what causes it is that you have bleeding in your head, and it's usually along the middle part of where your brain is by your middle meningeal artery, and it pushes on your brain and that pushes on a part of your brain that pushes on one of your nerves that goes to your eyes, and that gives you a blown pupil. And, that's, and the result is this increase in your cranial pressure is what causes it. And, and that actually is a true emergency. So if you, it, let's say you're, you're out someplace and you're hiking or you're at a football game, kid's football game, and you, some kid comes off and he, you see that as an emergency person. You're his coach. You don't know what to do. Do you pack the kid's head in ice? Do you 
Do you put ice in the back of his neck? Do you keep him real still? Do you, what, what's the best protocol so, for that? So that's a great question. So w- with a head injury, one of the things you always worry about is do they have a neck injury, a C-spine injury? And so, you know, in the emergency department and the pre-hospital folks do this as well, that, you know, you feel the back of the neck. Is this, do you feel a step off? Is there any bony deformity or is it tender? And then if none of that's true, then can you move your head without pain? And so, okay, they do that. Okay, that kind of clears their neck to, in a pretty good sense. But as far as head injuries go, you know, I remember the days because I boxed in the taekwondo and played football. And, you know, it's like they'd hold two fingers. How many fingers are seen? Two, oh, you're back in the game. Those days are over. So if you're a parent listening to this or a coach, you have a kid with a head injury, they're done for that day. Isn't it funny? I wonder when the, tra- <clears throat> the transition actually came when you are. Uh, uh, from our quote generation to you're a sissy if you don't get your behind back in the ball game, suck it up, be tough versus, hey, we don't want any brain injury. I'm not sure when the tide turned on that. But I know that our son, uh, Anthony, he got souffléed in a wrestling tournament and Dr. John over here took good care of him. And the reason that I was concerned about it only was because the John, the thing is John had told me because years ago I would have just said, all right, take an aspirin and go to bed. But my wife, God bless her, too, has the same thoughts that I do. You know, we took him down to the hospital, had John work on it right away. And I don't know if you even remember, did you do an MRI or CT? Probably a CT scan. But, you know, today we do an MRI. An MRI is much more sensitive to detect even minor minor head injuries. But, you know, if someone comes in to the emergency department and they did not get knocked out, they're cognitively back to normal. In other words, they, you know, do this kind of this mini mental status exam, which is what's your name, where are you, what's the date? Um, can you count backwards from 100 by sevens? Um, some, say a few words, follow commands. If you can do all that, you're not persistently vomiting. Um, it's pretty safe not to do any imaging at all, but send people home as long as there's someone reliable to watch them with some concussion instructions, ma- meaning if you get XYZ, if you start vomiting, if you become disoriented, your level of consciousness goes down, come back right away. But if you don't, if you get knocked out, if you're still a little goofy, we'll either CT scan you of your head or MRI you. And what we're looking for is a couple things, blood, um, obviously, uh, fractures in your skull. And then with an MRI particularly, and with, with CT as well, you can see some tissue damage in your brain. And it's this, they call it uh, axonal injury, which is this, you tear the connections in your brain and it causes some swelling in there. And, and that's when people really get scrambled. So when you, do, when you do that, and I hate to take a sidebar here, but if you don't mind, I think it, because for me it makes sense. We use CTs in the office, our, our office. Cone beams is how we refer to them. But what really is the difference between an MRI and a CT? I know MRI is, is magnetic right. resonance, but that means nothing to me. So, I, I don't know the difference between them. Well, no, that's a good question. So, you know, so the downside with CTs is, and, and gosh, we literally would use them like water and still do probably to a some degree. When you say CT, though, you're talking about CAT scan. CAT scan. So, okay. so, so here's the difference. So a CAT scan uh, uses radiation to look at the different tissue density, and then it, it reflects that on an image. And all you're doing is looking at gradations of tissue density. So air is different than tissue, is different than blood, um, is different than empty space, which I guess is air. An MRI uses magnetic resonance and, and has no radiation. So you can get MRIs from here until you know, years from now with really? no, no side effect, no, no chance of cancer. CTs actually increase your risk of cancer um, because you are applying radiation to tissue and people do get cancer from that. And so, you know, we always are very cognizant in the emergency department to say, hey, this person's had 30 CTs this year. And, and you know, if you can avoid any CTs, great. 
but having a couple is fine, mostly. Um, but you know, we, you know, women and, and, and kids, we try not to, you know, CT their abdomen and around their pelvis, obviously, because that's where your uh, reproductive organs are. So if you have, okay, let's say you do notice a tear, you notice a brain bleed. Is that time he goes into the operating room right away? It kind of depends where the bleed is. Um, so let's back up a little bit because we're already, you know, we already have this huge head injury kit here. But, but a concussion just means you have had some sort of impairment where it's either loss of consciousness or you're a little goofy or you're nausea. And so when people say, oh, I got a, my bell rung or I got a concussion, that, that's what they're referring to. Uh, and most of those are mild. There's like, you know, about 2 million brain injuries a year. Uh, and the majority of these are mild in the, in the U.S. So does a concussion just mean that the brain just got whacked enough so it bounced back off the back part of the skull, so to speak? Oh, so that's a perfect question. So really what a concussion is, the pathophysiology behind it is, is just that it's an acceleration, deceleration. So if I come across that and smack you in the forehead, all of a sudden I'm applying a force to your brain, that's, that's acceleration. And then as your brain goes back and smacks against the back of your skull and then comes back, that's deceleration. So if you're in a car accident or in a motorcycle accident or you're boxing and someone hits you in the head, you get this force and then, then the opposite of that force. And that force causes tearing um, or some trauma to your axons. The axons will connect parts of your brain together. And if it's really bad, you get this thing called diffuse axonal injury. You get this massive brain edema or swelling in your head, and, that, and that's hugely problematic. So these football players and boxers who have persistent, they're persistently not right. And, you know, you've seen some of them interviewed on television. I'm not going to get the old quarterback of the Bears who is very vocal about this constant, this persistent effects from head injuries. Like man, yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, it's a huge deal, and we're super sensitive to it in the emergency department, but we're also sensitive to not just irradiating everybody um, if we don't have to. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. You know, when you get this tearing of the tissue, then you get things like free radicals and other things that are actually kind of toxic to your brain because they do cause this edema and swelling and then increased intracranial pressure, something else we worry about. And that's, again, you see that within a, with the whole blowing pupil thing. Well, what, so you have a kid. Let's say you have a kid playing football right now. He gets a concussion. Diagnosed, you have a concussion. Uh, it's not a brain bleed quote or any of those things. Didn't require CT. How long are you going to have that kid sit out? So great, I mean, like back in the day, it was, hey, how many fingers am I holding up? You know, I think that looks like two. Okay, back in the game. So now it's, now the recommendation is seven days from when you stop having symptoms. So, you know, if you're goofy for three days, then you're out for 10. It's another seven days. Because here's the big problem. You can get this um, syndrome where you have a, a minor injury and then a minor injury on top of that, that all of a sudden you get this thing called malignant brain edema. So you hear about these high school football players who are dropping dead on the field um, or become unresponsive on the field after a couple seemingly minor head injuries. That's often what they have. Now, you know, the kids who drop dead on the field sometimes have this thing called aortic stenosis or hypertrophic heart disease and where it's undiagnosed. But if they have the head injury, it's this malignant brain edema. So what's the number on that? I know that you say, they say kids, I hear people all the time, uh, my son's had three concussions, he's not going to play football anymore. I don't know if there is a number because I think it's different for different people. But, you know, the, um, you know, the things you look for when they come off the field. And, you know, this was, you know, my kids are old in our, um, but, you know, we certainly were cognizant of this when, you know, Michael played football. And even I remember Kaylee played basketball and one of the girls on our team got fell down and whacked her head. 
So kids come off the field and they just have this vacant, I mean, I can, I can picture it, this is vacant stare. It's like, you know, the lights are on, but no one's home. And then you ask them a question and there's that pause or they like, they kind of look at you, oh, okay. Um, they're easily distracted, they can't focus. Um, and when the kids have that, it's really, they're out of the game that day because of this malignant brain edema risk, your second impact syndrome it's called, where one not too bad head injury, then you get another not too bad head injury that becomes fatal. So if it's, if you know, no matter if they're cheerleaders falling or football players or Cheerleaders right now are some of the toughest athletes around. Those kids take more trauma than anybody else. I'm not. It's amazing. They are. Oh my God. They're great athletes, and they. I've seen more kids get teeth kicked out and. Oh yeah. Concussions <laughs> dropped. Dropped on their, on their head. friend by their friends. Yeah. Hey, let's Whoops, be buddies. Sorry, yeah. Let me flip you in the air and not yeah. catch you. Um, <laughs> Failed that part of class. But um, but yeah, if you if you know if you're a parent or coach listening to this and you have someone with a head injury, do not take the risk of putting them back in the game because it. Sometimes it's a one-time-only mistake that becomes a fatal mistake. It almost, when you say that, too, it, it makes you think, too, because, you know, somebody like uh, Marciano back in the days, dear God, you could beat him with a brick over the head and he wouldn't drop. And then certain people over time, if they're boxers, they, quote, develop a glass job. So that's really what's happening. They're getting that long-term traumatic brain injury so that they are responsive, they get knocked out easier. Yeah, well, they have that, well, they have that cognitive defect, too, and, you know, whether Muhammad Ali's what, do you, what do you mean cognitive defect? What are you talking about there? What do you, what do you mean? So I, I, I know people like that. I mean, from our era, that was not uncommon. And they either smoking pot their whole life or they had, you know, this, it was multiple concussions. And Muhammad Ali, they, you know, he had bad Parkinson's. And, and I don't know if it's ever been correlated. I mean, someone listening will. That, you know, the repeated head injuries, does that precipitate Parkinson's-like diseases? Toughest guy on the planet, by the way. Don't ever argue with me on that one, Muhammad Ali. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People have no clue. Go watch some tapes. He's yeah. Like toughest guy, guy on the planet. Took a beating. So there's something called post-concussion syndrome as well, where you get a head injury, you get a concussion, and then for a period of time, you're not right. And so, you know, where I work at Barrows, we have the brains clinic there that works with these folks on post-concussion syndrome. But you can up to six months have cognitive impairment. And people come in the emergency department and say, God, I got a really bad head injury, like a week or a month or two months ago and I'm not sleeping or I'm constantly sleeping or I can't focus or, you know, my friends say that I'm not acting right. Uh, they're irritable. Now, this sounds like you. They're irritable. They're dizzy. and they've got What do you mean? Concentrating. <laughs> I'm not irritable. Stop talking to me. You know, I tell you, but just not to interrupt John, forgive me, but, you know, I watch ESPN all the time and <clears throat> their, their shows, their 30 for 30s and things like that are just great shows. I think it was last year they said, per capita or per participant, the largest, the, the sporting event or the sport that has more brain injuries than any other sport is women's collegiate lacrosse. And there was something about the, the, in the rules they didn't, and I don't know, maybe it's changed now, but in the rules that the women did not wear helmets in collegiate re- lacrosse. And they had reports in some of these girls. And, you know, they're getting hit in the head with those. The balls, the sticks. The balls and the sticks. And they had a couple of girls. It was horrible. They, they acted like, and they had this horrible long-term head pain and headache. And, and I thought, you know, you don't think about that. But, but well, lacrosse, women, women's yeah. lacrosse. But women's that. soccer, well, men and women's soccer, you know, they're, head, they're heading those balls or they bang their heads. And, again, I, you know, I've never played soccer. I, I missed that era, thank God, because I probably have no talent. The, um, since I can't keep run street, and kick. Or, since I can't alive. run and kick. Yeah, exactly. Um, why start now? The, um, 
But they have they get repeated head injuries as well. So a lot of these sports, then I'll probably swimming unless you're like me and bang your head against yeah. the edge of the you, pool. You got to open your eyes for once in a while. But who, you know who's that famous Formula One driver who was downhill skiing has who's never been back? Is he got a bad head injury? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of his name. It wasn't it wasn't Jackie Stewart back in the day? That's my only one I can remember. But uh, now you you have had head injuries. <laughs> I can't believe you can't think of that guy's name. He's famous, Mike. What's wrong with you? I know. Mike, how many <laughs> fingers am I holding up? <laughs> Every time you talk about this, I'm just thinking about Raging Bull when that scene when Robert De Niro has just got his booty beat by Sugar Ray. And he says, he comes up to me, he's ble- bleeding everywhere. You never got me down, man. You never got me down. I'm like, oh, no, he didn't, but he scrambled your egg. I'll tell you that, buddy. Yeah. And we, we would laugh about that. Oh, my God, he got his head scrambled. But, but that's actually serious stuff. I mean, because you get persistent. And I mean, imagine, imagine what you could be right now. You'd be a, you'd be a medical doctor, not a dentist. <laughs> See, here's the, here's the problem. I've had so many head traumas, I can't even imagine. That's, that's even taken that ability away. But, but let, let me just, if I can ask another one, because I always, you always hear, hear this and read this, but I've never had a good explanation. So they do all these post-mortems on these poor football yeah. guys that have just it's, spent their life getting yeah, their head beat. There's like been 12 or so that have donated their brain to science for and, this issue. And say, so it, it almost sounds like a kind of a, I love this term, caseous necrosis. I just like using that once in a while. Just throw that out there, <laughs> parties. Three, <laughs> three Budweiser's and you have Casey's necrosis. <laughs> I think it's because it was a Russian uh, instructor in dental school said, now this is Casey's necrosis. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to remember that one. That doesn't get you a woman I don't know what will. Throw that out there, parties. You know, I was at a party once dancing with this girl, and she said, what do you do? I said, I'm in medical school. She literally stopped dancing and walked off the dance floor. And here I thought that line would have been good. She had Casey's necrosis. Yeah, she must have had it but you know what it, it, it sounds like that it's like a, it's a air air spaces it almost looks like the ba- brain just starts melting away what actually really is happening to the brain it's actually you, you lose brain tissue because you have death of these um, axons you have death of c- cells and you'll see people who are chronic alcoholics um, who have bad dementia and their brain looks like a little shrunken brain in their skull and really? it's and, I mean it's, part of that comes with age um, but you see it on these MRI where you have what's called loss of gray-white differentiation, meaning your gray matter and your white matter kind of bleed or blend together. But there's people, and I always think of the chronic alcoholics, their brains are a little shrunken brain inside their head. And so the good news is if they get a subdural or an epidural hematoma with blood in your brain, you've got a lot of room to swell because your brain's so shrunken. <laughs> They're the kind of guys that we need to get in. Huh? So, but what is, but if you look at the football people, like they say, you know, Junior Seau retired, he's a great guy, everybody loved him, but, and then all of a sudden it seemed like over time, after he sustained all those injuries, after he quit football, that it got worse and worse and worse. Yep. So how does that, it, there's got to be a continual process after that time period where the concussion's there or the brain injury's there, it has to be degenerative going ongoing right i think that's exactly right i think it just it, it continues to de- uh, degenerate after these multiple traumas and sometimes these things don't you know i don't think they see the effects of them for a few years because you, you do have a lot of capacity and it's not only until you lose a certain amount of capacity with like wow that guy's just not not right you know i worked with somebody a while ago who developed this accelerometer that they put in helmets and so it's a really, and they have a couple of groups like right no, football, out, football helmets. You're football helmets. Okay. And and it was pretty cool because you could watch on the sideline and say, "Oh, Beckham just took a hit to his head, 4.5 G's of deceleration," and let's pull him out of the game and do do some sort of cognitive assessment on him. So even before the kids would complain, someone on the sidelines with their iPad would say, "Oh, pull number 32 That's out. Amazing. He just took a bell ringer." 
That's um, amazing. But, you know, and it wasn't until I was really, I guess it wasn't until I really was on the sidelines of the Cardinals games and where I'd see how hard these people would hit. Oh, my God, helmet or no helmet, they've got to be just huge force. That, that's the one thing I think people don't understand. When you look at them on TV, which is what I do, I watch them, but, you know, when you're down on the sidelines, it's a different animal, isn't it? Completely. Like, you hear it, how hard they hit, and then you see these guys come off the field, and, you know, one of the neurologists from Barrows will go over and look at them, or I'll go over and look at them with them, and, and they're like, yeah, they're goofy. And there's, a, as you can imagine, a ton of pressure to get these guys back in the game. Absolutely. And, and to, to, the credit, to their credit, it's like, no, you're sitting this one out. Wow. We'll pull you out. Well, Mike, you know what time it is? Yeah, uh, coffee time? Well, no, I think, it's Tea time time? For the, I think it's time for the question from the audience. All right. Well, a question from the audience. Let me see what we've got here. Um, now, you can send your questions in on Facebook, Twitter, Smokescreen, or just think of them, and we'll probably come to our heads. In fact, wait a second. I, as I peer out the window in downtown Scottsdale here, I see, yes, yes, it is a smoke signal, John. So here it comes. So the question would be, I've got a daughter uh, that's playing lacrosse right now. Uh, what kind of headgear should I make sure that they have? You've got to throw a tough one out there. Mike, I have no idea what sort of the well, helmets that's lacrosse what, that's, This is from Betty from uh, Nova Scotia, actually, who wrote that one. In. But, <laughs> but no, so um, women and, and protective headgear, well, they don't, do they really use things like softball? I guess they do, too. Yeah, everything in the screen, too. Okay. You know, if I had, you know, when, you know, when we have grandkids, God forbid, in like 40 years from now, hopefully, Michael, are you listening? And Kaylee, 40 years from now, um, Get you know, I, I may be hard-pressed to encourage them to play those contact sports that can get your bell rung. I mean, I'm thinking of how many times boxing and taekwondo. My first taekwondo match ever, this kid hit me with a spinning back kick to the jaw and literally put me on my rear end. I swear to God, I didn't even know what happened to me. How old were you when you had? I was like, I was in medical school. I was in my twenties. I'm like, holy crap! I'm literally on the ground, and I go, I swear to God, that kid never moved. It was like a Bruce Lee movie. In three dimensions. I huh? was talking, and my mouth wasn't moving. It was like those bad overdubs. So Betty, I don't know what to tell you, but I can tell you that if she were my child and there was head injury, head protection available, I would, I would waste. I would so cost would not be an issue protecting. That's yeah, I think that's what she was intentioned, is that, you know, should we insist in these elective sports, uh, elective headgear, so to speak, which I think it, it sounds like this is what she's saying as far as the girls' lacrosse is. Um, I know the boys wear a heck of a good stuff, but I'm not sure what it's all like about in there, but should we wear headgear anything, right, with, with lacrosse? Or? Yeah, pretty much. I started wearing headgear in the emergency department for, for fear of banging <laughs> my head against the door again. I literally was not all there. I mean, I, 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 how that baby came out, God knows when I've been doing this for years. Well, well, is there a special code when the physician runs into the wall? Is it, I know that's like blue XZ1 on guile. <laughs> so I was in the emergency department yesterday, and there was this guy that was super combative, and so the, I don't know what she was thinking, but she called the code man. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> she was a combative person in the ER, code man. I remember looking at the loudspeaker going, code man. I look at my name badge. What the hell is code man? Some lucky guy. Some, lucky, some lucky guy. All um, right, Mike, funny story of the day. Now, providers, you can submit your own stories on Facebook um, or on our website. So if you have a great story in the emergency department or the dental office or anything in healthcare or pre-hospital, what have you, submit it. We will read it on air. Uh, but, Mike, this one's up to you. Well, I'll tell you, this, this, is a, this is about my son, and John was in, involved in this in a certain way as well, but love him to death. He's got a heart. He's a heart of a lion, heart of a champion. So, but he doesn't, he's not great in stature. So he's, I, I, 
my wife was going to her high school homecoming. So that's Saturday. So I said, well, she's going to be there Saturday. Sunday morning, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get hold of my mom and <clears throat> take her out to breakfast. And we're going to go for a nice bike ride and have a great time. So relaxing Sunday. So get a call. So I'm getting the bikes ready to go with my mom Sunday morning. Anthony calls my son. Hey, Dad. Yeah, Anthony, what's up? Uh, need your help. Yeah, what happened? Um, well, I was in Flagstaff at the rugby tournament. I go, yeah. And he said, well, I got in a fight. I said, okay. And he goes, okay, I did everything you told me ever not to do. I said, okay. He said, don't lecture me. I said, Anthony, you're too old to lecture. Just what happened? Well, I did everything you told me not to do. He goes, we were drinking. I said, there's one. <laughs> he said, and my buddies, now you got to understand, Anthony's buddies are these behemoths on this team. Mm -hmm. they, I could see they were going to get in a fight across the street. So I ran across the street. I said, yeah. And he said, and I, I said, you talked, didn't you? He goes, yeah. I got up to this guy and I said, hey, do you want to go? <laughs> and I said, he hit you in the mouth. <laughs> he said, yeah. So how he went to sleep that night, I'm not really sure. But uh, one tooth was completely snapped off at the gum line. The other mm -hmm. tooth was down. He was goofy, too. He got, so I think we sent him down to have you see him yeah. later on that day. For, <laughs> so I'm thinking, well, at least I can handle it. But I've got my mom here. I'm going to ride the bike two hours down for Flagstaff. Mom's going to go back home, get a call on the phone. My wife says, I'm kind of bored. I'm just going to come home. I'm thinking, oh, now the, now the storm is going to happen. So Anthony comes down. I call my dental assistant. God bless her, Jeanette. She's fantastic. Get over to the office. His tooth is hanging halfway down, halfway out. So what do you do? We're going to go in through this later in, in detail, but... We pushed his tooth back up, and it sounded like somebody hit a baseball off the fence. I mean, it went pop. And got the other tooth, did the root canal, rebuilt it, built him back up, wired him back together, and we'll go through those details later. But he, he, only Anthony. So then after we got him wired back and gone, then we sent him back to John to make sure his brain wasn't scrambled again. That, that but, kid is hysterical. <laughs> I mean, he's one of if you ever get in a fight, you want Anthony you want by your side because Absolutely. he will never back down. He will but, never back down. But and he is such a nine. You know, he's you know he he fell into the fire too. Remember that one? That poor kid drove oh, yeah. drove four hours with his with his you know skin falling off his hands. Yeah, let, let's let me see. Let's how let's figure out how that happened. Well, let's see. That was on spring. There's a common there's a common denominator. There's a common denominator here. Let me think. You kids stay yeah. away from that at home. Yeah, yeah. How did Anthony, and I found this out, we, we kind of have a pact among the aunts and uncles here that if kids get in trouble, the other ones, you don't tell the parent if they, unless, <laughs> if they say don't. So I didn't find this out. He fell into the fire until about three weeks after that. When my, really? Oh, I didn't know that at all. No, no. My sister, I didn't even know until I saw Anthony's hand, and Renee, my sister Renee, never, never told me, and she took care of the knucklehead, you know? Oh, yeah. But, you know, when you're on spring break and you got to drive home. and <laughs> He's knocking our door with his head because his hands were burned so bad. Poor kid. <laughs> Well, Mike, Which means he had another MRI. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe there's a pattern here too. Well, Mike, this has been our inaugural show, and I obviously had a head injury because I can't even pronounce that word. Uh, of Scrub Brothers, thanks for being here, man. Hey, You're awesome. This was fun. I had a great time. It was really fun. Thanks right. a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening, folks. So, folks, back next week with a dental emergency. So, stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the Scrub Brothers Show. Every week, putting the body back together right here. Listen live or on demand 24-7. Join us next week for your appointment with the Scrub Brothers.